0: You know, when you write your first five drafts, like, don't even really think about showing anybody until you're on the fourth or fifth draft of a script, of a new script. They're like, because you're just figuring it out. And so, when I apply that to all of my different entrepreneurial ventures over the years, it's really comforting. (laughs) It's really validating. It's like, oh, okay. And I think about all the times that I never asked a single person about anything or really didn't have a plan and was, you know, more flying by the seat of my pants. Different outcomes, very different outcomes.
1: Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Su, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Welcome back to another
2: episode, everyone. Today's guest is Christina Pater, otherwise known as KP. She is a world-class storyteller, best-selling author, standing ovation earning speech writer, development editor, writing coach with a mighty stack of screenplay speeches and books that she's been part of. Her company, The Hollywood Approach, is a platform that leverages the art and neuroscience of story to help people accelerate results in their business. It's also a book and a masterclass, but ultimately, it's a guide that shows you how to apply the principles of Hollywood screenwriting to real life in order to accomplish your goals and achieve your wildest dreams. Today, Christina will explain the Hollywood approach and how you can use the same fundamentals of the Hollywood screenwriting to crush your personal goals and business goals. Let's hear from her. I'm so excited to have you on today, Christina. We are going to dive into all kinds of great stuff. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm stoked to be here. Well, I have one very important question for you to start out. You are living a dream a lot of people and entrepreneurs only dream of, right? So you have all of this Hollywood experience, living that amazing life, literally living in the Dominican Republic right now. I know you're swimming every day, living on the beach you're a really successful entrepreneur a best-selling author like your book is amazing how did you get here how, i mean how how did you make this what looks to be an amazing dream come true life
0: well th- first of all thank you so much for the the kind words and the the maybe instagrammable version of my life it <laughs> sounds sounds amazing um Well, I always had a story background. So I came from a hilarious family where everything was a story, if not a Saturday Night Live sketch. My early years were uh, in journalism. I worked for an NBC affiliate in Green Bay. So, anyone feeling jealous of the tropical? Which, by the way, it's very hot right now. Like, don't worry, I did my time in cold weather environments. (laughs) Green Bay, right here. (laughs) Yeah, the common theme between my education and early jobs was storytelling. Was storytelling. So, journalist, talk show host, director of advertising, and then at twenty-seven, a headhunter I worked with in the ad industry insisted, insisted, I write movies. And she stalked me, (laughs) she literally stalked me for three months until I enrolled and showed up for a screenwriting class at Scottsdale Community College. I was then living in, obviously, Scottsdale. So thank you, Kim D. And that is where I met my amazing mentor, Robert Powell. He is an ex-Air Force cop, holder of two black belts, two black belts, and had three screenplays greenlit all at the same time in the 90s with megastars. And he was a ninja of a teacher and a storyteller. I mean, just like a great, great passion for storytelling. So for me, at age 27, screenwriting was a new lens from which to look at life. It was curious. It was fascinating. It was healing. It was magical. And there was never one way to do it. And the encouragement was to write the story I wanted to tell, to have a voice. And that was such a, (laughs) that was such a, like a foreign concept in a way from just different other aspects of advertising, television, and all these other things. And so it was a really exciting, dynamic, like growth trajectory. And it just encouraged me. And taught me really to look at myself as the heroine of my own story and to make my choice, to make my own choices, to make active choices and to think about, to be able to think about my life, like from a way zoomed out perspective and to consistently question,
2: is this the thing I want to be doing? I absolutely love that. So what encouraged you that, so you moved to LA, obviously?
0: I lived in a lot of the, many of the United States. So I like, yeah, I lived in London and Rome between Green Bay was Milwaukee. Well, Eau Claire for school, Milwaukee, then Phoenix. I had to go where it was warm, like right out of school. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Phoenix and Scottsdale. And then from there it was Chicago. I went back and I did time in Chicago, seven more years in a <laughs> And then I was like, forget this. Uh, in the middle, I lived in Rome. And then I was like, okay, like uh, I ha- at that point, I had had enough with uh, traditional corporate work. And I was just ready to like, you know, join the circus as people would say. And I just, yeah, I went to circus. LA. I
2: went to LA. Oh, okay, not circus. I right. thought in the circus of entrepreneurship. <laughs>
0: right. The circus of entrepreneurship um, and uncertainty. And that's when I moved to LA and took my corporate clients with me and started basically an outpost of my previous corporate job. And so it's just to say there were many, many drafts drafts in order to get to this current point. And I don't by any means consider this the final point or the, the landing point, but it's the, it's the Hollywood... I don't know. It's, I wouldn't even call it a Hollywood ending, but it's kind of a... It is like the, I don't even wanna say plateau, but it's the place I've arrived and I'm loving for right now. But there are many, there are many drafts and many um, iterations to get to this point. Many, so many mistakes I could talk about, or just things that, you know, when you don't know what you don't know and then you do it, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really have a better plan than that. So that's what I got out of that, you know, previous move okay, so now what, how are we going to do that better?
2: I love that. So in in your uh, Hollywood terms, this would be like the, maybe the first of a trilogy. Right. We actually now that I say that out loud, i uh turning fifty this year and I'm like I'm I'm in my like third series of my life anyway. So yes. I, can,
0: I, I think it's a series of series. I think it's a series of of trilogies or sequels or prequel you know, then you think about the prequel the prequel to the current life and so it can be yeah, you can look at it in many, many ways. I don't think I don't think there's a preordained like it's gonna be this many seasons, shows, you know things, but it does kind of have common themes, common uh, patterns that we, you know, either grow with or outgrow or overcome if we need to. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, I think that's important. There's many, many versions of our story. Let's talk about the Hollywood approach.
0: Okay. It's a process or protocol that helps you reverse engineer your Hollywood ending with the same exact tools that I use as a screenwriter to write a Hollywood heroine's ending or next step. So, and it's combined with modern neuroscience of story and wisdom from shamans and medicine people. So, it helps the underdog in all of us get from where we are to where we want to be.
2: Okay. So, that's a lot. But are you saying like you basically a person who wants to set goals in life, they look at it as if it's a movie? Yes. One of the key things when you're writing a movie, there's three like, key things
0: you need to have a Hollywood story. And that is a character, a goal, and the obstacles that that character must overcome in order to achieve that goal. And so each of those things, character, goal, obstacles, has several things that feed into what make that interesting and compelling for a Hollywood story. So, you know, it's just like probably, somebody could be writing the IRS approach, or the accountant's approach, or the uh, astronaut's approach. This is one lens of how we do things in Hollywood to tell a story. And get from that point A to
2: point B. Exactly. OK, so if I'm a, a business owner and listening and I'm saying, "Yep, I understand Hollywood and I understand goals," how do I even use this approach? What I mean, I, I get movies, I watch them. How do I apply besides reading your book, which I recommend? Um, Thank you.: It's amazing. It's workshop. like I know the steps are in the book. So how does someone apply this Hollywood to their own personal goals?
0: So, the way I look at it when I'm writing a movie or coaching someone on writing a book or in life or business, I have this thing that I say, with, which is go with what you know. So, you start with in these three components character, goal, obstacles. You start with what you know. And hopefully, that's character or goal. <laughs> like, I would, I would not really, I'd start with what you know in characters and goals. But a lot of times, when we're telling our own story, there's so much curse of knowledge like baked into our storytelling, like we may assume the character, we may assume the goal. So we're just like, we're already fast forwarded to what the obstacles are that we have to overcome in order to achieve the goal. But I do like to back up. I do like to have people back up a little bit and get super clear on the goal. So a lot of us have heard of smart goals. And actually, if you analyze any Hollywood movie, a Hollywood main character will have a smart goal. We just don't talk about it that way in Hollywood. So smart, as everyone knows, most people know, maybe not everybody is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant. And the traditional way of saying it is time bound. I like to say the ticking clock for when it has to happen. Um, So getting really clear, right? It's really the clarity of the goal. And um, there's a phrase in Hollywood that is, that is, that is uh, made famous by a former late UCLA chairman where he always used to say, no one wants to see the village of the happy people. And that just means somebody skipping along. It's like, oh, I want to make you know $10,000 in my business or my side hustle or my thing when that's just easy and there's no obstacles. So I like to help people and encourage people to set like a stretch goal, something that's a little bit stretching outside your comfort zone or on the edge and beyond of your comfort zone. So that's kind of where someone's... you know I would start with someone is what do you want? What is it that you want to achieve? It's helpful to start there because then you can back up and analyze your own story forensics, which are your past success stories. And you analyze those in a way, the same way that we would analyze a Hollywood movie in order to write the sequel of that story. So if you're wanting to grow your business, like double it or add a zero or whatever exciting thing you're doing, like start a new line of it, um, whatever that might be, we'd go and analyze the past stories where you've done something similar. You've had growth, you've, uh, you've expanded, you did something you didn't think you could do. And so we break that down and there's lots of lots of things to look at and analyze there and look at where your strengths are. That's where we kind of if you write all those things down, you can quickly take a highlighter and be like, oh, you know what? I didn't realize I at some point got really you know, ballsy and <laughs> like made a leap for it. Or I always had a great mentor. And that always boosted me up and gave me the confidence I needed to take that next step. Or I always had a quirky best friend, like in the picture somewhere who was supporting me. And that's, you know, where I decompressed and then I refueled to go back and take the next step. So it's good to do that because you really can see where your personal common themes are, where your character DNA lies. It starts to leave hints about your own strengths, your own superpowers, and what I call your flawsomeness. And that is the highly scientific component of your flaws plus your awesomeness. So that's just the self-knowledge, right? And so I'm like probably throwing a lot of things out here. But when you look at the whole picture, and this is something we also do in, we do in Hollywood, we do in books, we do in, in, um, I do in helping people with TED Talks. I like to see the whole speech, the whole book the whole movie at once. Because then, like, I'm the person that comes in and goes, oh, okay, if you make a tweak here and a tweak there, your whole story shifts a little bit. It's a little more action-oriented, the pace picks up, the results happen more, you feel more motivated in the first act, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the case might be. But it's important to have that whole global view, I think sometimes when we're in business, when I've been in business, when I've been working on my business, we get kind of caught in either what we're doing, whether that is managing like an influx of work or worrying about the the clients that aren't there. That we just don't have the ability to pull back, to zoom out, and look at that whole big picture and see what the opportunities are.
2: I absolutely love that. We talk about that all the time. Of um... Actually, all the things you just said, right? Like, first of all, the smart goal. So, we need to know what the goal is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you, you say this in your book, and I think it's really important to repeat. Pick one, right? Pick pick one goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and instead, and I think entrepreneurs of uh, we we get that a lot, right? We need to land more clients. We need to do this. We need to hire that. We need to like. There's like. 55 goals in order to get to the next level. And a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in dabbling in all these little ones. But you, you, you recommend that of pick one goal, set the character, set, set all the things that you just said, and work on that goal. Not that you, we only have one goal that we're working on, but you're super hyper-focused on the Hollywood approach that one goal. That's yes.
0: And, and actually, it's one of the things that makes Hollywood movies a great workshop anytime you feel like renewing it because you can pick any movie and apply any of these things that we're talking about today or any of the things in my book to a Hollywood movie. And one of the key things is in writing a Hollywood movie, and the, the coursework will tell you this or instructors will tell you this at all the major universities, that a movie is meant to have a main character solve one key flaw or pattern or problem or achieve one key goal in that 90-minute workshop, if you will, or you know, two-hour workshop, if you will. And so it's a great study of choices, actions, strengths, flaws, all the things.
2: All the things. So setting the goal smartly, having the timeline makes sense and then and i love what you said about getting in the in the weeds as we call it right you're like head down as an entrepreneur building and just doing the day to day and the importance of taking a step back and taking a look at the whole picture where am i going what are what am i what are my strengths i think that's huge i think especially as women we look at the flaws a lot quicker and easier than our own strengths. So I love that that's actually a key point in your process.
0: Yes, it's actually doubly because it's, I do, the character DNA is about strengths, superpowers, and flossomeness. So we're not even, you know, yes, we're acknowledging where we may need support and supplementation in our business and our mission. And we're trying to override our brain's natural way, pathway of bias of
2: negativity. So one of the things you have mentioned is like pick the goal or the the end result, right? What is it that you're achieving for? What is what is I absolutely love that you say stretch goals cuz I love to push people to be uncomfortable. And I and honestly I do that for myself. I I love as weird as it sounds to be in the uncomfortable zone, you really do feel like you're growing. So I like to have people make sure they're doing a big stretch goal. I've found that some people just people in general, like not even just entrepreneurs, but have a really hard time with that vision. I'm very visual. So this makes sense to me. I have a very clear vision of majority of my personal goals, but some people really struggle with the visual side of that. So if someone's like, okay, I really understand what she's saying and I would love to hit some goals, but I don't know what that, what does the end of the movie look like for me? How do you help people that struggle with that big picture vision past this year, past the next six months um, as a business owner? How do you help those people?
0: Sure. Well, there's a couple ways. I mean, I do that. I do it live in workshops. But if someone listening on this podcast needs to do that, I think there's two key things somebody can do. Um, I talk about allies, the importance of allies. Like we, as women especially, have to get better at raising our hands when we need help. And raising our hand and asking for the help we need. So, having a team of allies and the right team of allies in your cast, if you're gonna call it that, your cast, your circle, your business, your life, is super important because you can easily work with someone who can help you. You can, so you can buddy up and, you know, take your craziest, most unabashed friend or coach or coworker, and ask him or her to help you be like, I'm, st- I feel like I'm stuck at just the end of 2023 or maybe mid-year 2024, like in my wild and crazy life. Like, what do you think, what else do you think I can go for? Ask somebody else. Um, Also, you can be seeking out role models. I think that can potentially be a slower thing, especially for entrepreneurs, and we're like, I don't really feel like I have to do this, and I don't (laughs) want to do this. So, I don't. What does that mean? Reach out for a role model? Does that mean I have to read like eight autobiographies right now, or watch all these I don't documentaries or something? No, it doesn't. But. I think be be talking to people, be seeking. Um, You can be asking the question before you go to bed and you can, if you have a journaling practice, be journaling or meditating on it in the morning. Um, But I think if you're someone who's stuck and I've had a few people in workshops recently who just like some who just like pass it with flying colors, they've got an indoor outdoor swimming pool in France in a castle and we're all going there for Christmas dinner. (laughs) And then I have other people who are like, Uh, I'm making, you know, whatever, $50,000 more this year. And that's it. And it's like, what's, you know, what's the scene? So, you know, we all have different strengths and that's part of it. And so ask for that help. Find Find that partner in crime and get somebody who's creative and can just make it so fun for you. That would be my advice about that.
2: Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We wanna hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. No, oh, I, I love that. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, it goes, it probably goes back to the individual strengths because I, some of my flawsomeness. I don't even think there's the awesomeness of my flaw of, I have no, no creative, like artistic ability whatsoever. If I had to draw a picture of myself, it would be like a stick person with funky hair or something. Um, but as, as you were saying that I was thinking, I, I know I'm visual. So when, when I need something like that, I just resort to my brain and, and picture it. Whereas other people, like you said, they could journal it, write it down if that's their strength or if they're artistic, draw a picture, right? Draw a picture of what my ending scene is, if that's cash in a big check or it's the pool in France or wherever, right? <laughs> like if, if they're artistic, they could probably draw that, that big picture goal instead of just, you know, the, the smart goal. In, in a written form. So yeah, I was, again, I was visualizing that while you were talking of like, use your strength to somehow get that clarity of what your big picture goal is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking about uh, just a one workshop I did this week. And like another guy was like, I see myself at a bidding war at Christie's (laughs) by the end of the year. And I'm just like, I love this. Like, I love like, that's the scene. That's the Hollywood ending of the, of the year. And like, you talk to different people, like somebody else was like, I'm in jeans and a a zip up hoodie, taking Michelle Obama's call. And I'm the only one she wants to call for advice. And I'm like, I love it. Great. Not everybody has to be in a text." Uh, in a tux or in a castle or anything, it can be whatever that thing is to you. And so yeah. So again, if you struggle to come up with a vision, if that is not your strength, then, you know, grab your partner and do-si-do with somebody, <laughs> with somebody for whom it is who can maybe ask you questions and prompt you and um, bring it out of you bring out of you a vision that you're excited about. Um, because that's what lights your brain up. That's what starts lighting all seven areas of your brain up. and then we start making the like, you know, powerful hormones that we make um, when that happens. And so it just has so many intrinsic benefits beyond the clarity of having the goal.
2: I absolutely love that. And for anyone who is struggling to see their future, Christina and I are giving you a magic wand at this moment that you get to wave <laughs> for yourself. and money is not an issue. All those other obstacles are not an issue. Paint the picture with your magic wand. That being said, (laughs) you now have the tools. Um, You mentioned a few times in your book, actually becoming your, your true self. How does one know when they've become their true self? I think
0: very simply put, it's when you're at ease. I think that's just the simplest way to say it. You're at ease. You're comfortable with your decisions. You are optimistic about your future. You are optimistic about your present and your even your evening plans. You're at ease. You feel relaxed. You feel like the right balance of relaxed, excited, and comfortable. I love that. Like Zen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, Christina. So we know we have to set SMART goals. And we have to be super, super clear on what that last scene of the movie is, right? We've got a timeline, we've got a goal, we know we're the character, we know our strengths and our flawsomeness. Is it that easy or just like paint the picture and then it happens? Or how, how do we get from that point A to that point B? A being where we're at, B being that beautiful picture we just described as the end of the movie.
0: Sure. Well, I think my approach to this and the Hollywood approach to this is to adopt a creative mindset and realize that point A to point B isn't linear, but there are some things you can put into place to kind of nurture yourself into a more linear than non linear path. And so, right, as you said, mindset of being a creative professional in your life. And so part of that means. Again, going with what you know, taking the information and mining the information that you have to create your own yellow brick road. So part of that is being your own hero and making active choices. As you said, doing the SMART goals, saying yes, analyzing your own narrative forensics so that you know you can start looking at your, then your character DNA, your strengths, flawsomeness, and your superpowers. And then there are all the other Hollywood pieces and components that can play into it. And you're analyzing your, your narrative forensics and your own character DNA for those pieces too. And some of those things are like the allies, they are the antagonists, they are your mentors and models. Um, they're also understanding what you do what your tendencies are when you hit a plot twist or a dark night of the soul, and just giving yourself grace. So, throughout the book, I talk about observing and not judging because you're really looking for information. And if you're in the mindset of a creative professional, it's more, it's easier, I think, or it's just more like you can sort of snap into this role of looking for information, not judging, not going over past. And I'm using finger quotes, failures, or past disappointments, and getting lost in a downward spiral, but just being like, huh, what really happened there? What could have helped me? What, what additional character or information or asset could I have had in this story to help propel me to success faster or make the plot twist or the dark night of the soul a little bit less dramatic? Um, and then there's, you know, there's reviewing the plan, there's being in collaboration with others, there's talking it out with trusted partners. A lot of times that alone, like if you're thinking, the way I look at it, when I'm making like a first year plan, or when I first started doing smart goals in my corporate career, it's like that was really just a first draft. I got really lucky that I had a ma- an amazing CEO who would pull me back because I would I would write these Insane, not insane, but they would just really be goals that were not quite achievable. They were so high that they just, yeah, he's like, do we really need to go that high? And I'm talking about a high growth company where we we went from 10 billion in, in revenue to 15 billion in four years. So I'm not talking about a schlocking, like we're not a slagging off kind of culture. We are like a high growth culture, but still he would pull me, pull the reins in a little bit, which was great for me because you really like to set that achievable goal and then achieve it, acknowledge yourself for it, celebrate it is like all part of the process. So there, there is really a lot that goes into it. And I think again, like having that creative mindset and having fun with it is, you know, are two of the most important things. Like whatever you take from this this episode or this conversation; those are the those are the things. Like approach it like a creative would, and have yeah, have fun with it, and and do it. But but also don't get lost in the fantasy that you know being a Hollywood writer means um, you know you're just like you're doing nothing all day. Like there's a lot of rigor in that process. There's a lot of rewrites in that process. There's a lot of collaboration in that process. So. I, I remember what I thought it was uh, looking from the outside in years ago, and it's a lot more complex and nuanced than it may seem. Just like any anyone of anyone's business who is listening.
2: Yeah, I think that's really key to reiterate, right? That it's uh, uh, when when you sit down to watch a movie, it looks all put together. You think, oh, somebody's really good at writing, and these actors are really good at acting, and it just all happens. But how wh- wh- how many rewrites is there usually, or how many versions? The average number of
0: rewrites before a screenplay is produced or before a manuscript is published is thirty three.
2: Yeah. So relating that to business and into life in general, right? It's like so you you have the picture, you understand the the characters, you understand the end goal, and we still have to rewrite it several times in yes, our own, stories, I, our own lives.
0: Yes, I was. I went to Austin Film Festival last year and had the pleasure of sitting in on several incredible workshops with Oscar nominated and Oscar winning writers. And one of the things that I took away and just hold close to my heart is uh, what they said about, you know, when you write your first five drafts, like don't even really think about showing anybody until you're on the fourth or fifth draft of a script of a new script or screenplay. They're like, cause you're just figuring it out. You're figuring it out. You're figuring it out and you're figuring it out. And so when I apply that to all of my different entrepreneurial ventures over the years, it's really comforting. (laughs) It's really validating. It's like, Oh, okay. And I think about all the times that I never asked a single person about anything or really didn't have a plan and was, you know, more flying by the seat of my pants, different outcomes, very different outcomes.
2: Yes. But what I'm hearing you say is that that is how it works. Yes. Yes. And, And celebrate that because we are where we are for a reason.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: I love that. One of the quotes in your book is about taking actions. And I love how you uh, take it, taking action in general. And I love how you relate it to the movies. Like you say something, and I'm not quite quoting you, but generally about taking action and where you're like, you don't see a movie where people are sitting around procrastinating and wallowing or focused on their weaknesses or the past, right? Like no one would watch that movie. That's probably when they would flip (laughs) Flip the channel. (laughs) So when, when really relating to making your life or your business or whatever the goal is to the Hollywood approach, I mean, how, how do you get someone out of that, that wallowing or that pausing or procrastination? Well, I really
0: like to understand where people are and how they're feeling in that moment. Like where is the procrastination coming from? Is it, and usually the, usually the thing that stops people from pursuing their goals are, is fear is some form of fear. I have a, I actually have like a little video core video on this, on my website, but it's either fear of success, fear of failure, or fear of disappointment. Generally speaking, this is according to my friend and author, Dr. Amanda Kroll. And, um, and this is from her book, great work. And so I think it's important to those, those are the things stopping us, but they're also all, a lot of the time things making us procrastinate in some way. So if we can, again, go in, be like gathering our self-knowledge, be approaching this like a creative professional and be observing what helps us, what supports us in these times. Is it routine? Is it a reward system? I will tell you that I've been procrastinating on a project, (laughs) on my own personal project for a long time. And someone the other day was like, What if you put some rewards in there? And I was like, Huh, what would I do? And so I literally have a pile of packages that I've received from Amazon and wherever through my expediter. And I don't get to open them until I have certain. Milestones, tasks, and they're not even like great big fat milestones. They're like start, get, getting your butt moving on this next story. And I'm working on a trilogy right now. And so I've just, I don't even know if I would call it procrastinating, but I would just, I would call it, I just haven't been doing anything on it. I have like a very empty board to my right. And um, but there's a lot of different things like because I was like I I have my routine down to a science of what helps my brain function at its highest level and I can do client projects all day long for me those are all a vacation because it's like oh boop, 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 it's very easy for me but when I'm creating my own material like it's I'm like everybody else I'm just like oh my god and Change I I go, child. Through, <laughs> yeah, I go through these um these periods of like complete unproductivity. I'm like the unproductive champion and the procrastination queen. So there are things, there are physiological things you can do, there are psychological things you can do, like rewards, physiological things you can be like stimulating the left and right side of your brain by using the left and right side of your body and by crossing um, them. But it really depends on the person and the situation. Sometimes a convers sometimes a 15 minute or a 30 minute conversation will help get somebody unstuck through it. Sometimes it's just like the lack of actually, I, I don't know the actual next step and thinking it's this big thing, but it's actually like, just open the file. It's <laughs> like, open that one file you have to do to be looking at that outline of that thing. And so I think it's really, um, it can be an individualistic thing, but those are a few things to look at and to consider if you find yourself stuck in procrastination mode or just if you don't call it that, or you don't identify, if you don't identify as a procrastinator and it's like, it's just not happening, you are just not doing the thing.
2: Um, then look at those three fears. I love that. You know, I could talk all day about this approach. Um, I absolutely love how it connects to personal life. It connects to business life. It connects to just goals in general, wants, desires, all the things. Um, Maybe it's because I am so visual that it just totally works for my brain. This podcast isn't about promoting anything in particular, but I do have to say that people should definitely check out your book. And if you're not a reader, um, or even if you want to just skip right to the... You have a workshop that works through the Hollywood approach too. So if you're someone who's like, this sounds good, but I probably won't do it on my own. The workshop would probably be a great option for those people. Is that Correct.
0: Absolutely yes, and there's also a free um, goal setting mini course that is on my site that people can do. They can check it out for free, see if they like how things flow and how things work. Yes, and then there is absolutely the full workshop, which would be even faster than an audiobook if you were to if if I were to have an audiobook because it's like the expedited version. It's four hour. It's four hours in total, but it's the book broken down in tiny bits and. Like edited for speed. <laughs> speed, but you see, but there are exercises. So and and, you'd and rather to do myself,
2: yeah, to call myself on that. I'm the one who asked Christina for the audio version <laughs> of her book because I, I like to listen to books while I'm walking and working out. Um, so that no audio version yet. But if you want something quicker, it'd be the the workshop. I absolutely love all this. I I think there's so much of your personal story too in some. Big challenges that you overcame that I highly recommend people, if if nothing else, get the book for her life story. And I I plan to have you on again. We need to talk more about this flossomeness. And I absolutely love the term because we all have flaws and we're all awesome. So sounds like a combination between the two.
0: I love it. I saw it in a meme, and it is really a call to self-acceptance and really self-love. Among other things, and I I love it as well. So I'm glad it resonates. I'm really glad to hear it resonates.
2: Yes, I love it. We'll have you back on for that. So let's do a summary for those listening. We covered a lot here today. What do our listeners need to do to get to their the end of their particular movie?
0: Sure. So listeners, keep writing and reviewing your goals. Ask yourself the question: Are they right? And are they right for you right now? Uh, check out chapter seven in the book, Your Allies, and make sure you've got a squad of allies around you, supporting you and be thinking about who you need on your team, whether it's that quirky friend, that wise mentor, Glinda the Good Witch, whoever, whoever it is. Um, and most of all, be your own heroine. You have at least 100 chances every day to make a choice And then to make another choice. So if you don't like what you chose yesterday or last week, you can choose something different next week or tomorrow. I would also, I really also encourage, look to heroines, look to real-life heroines for inspiration. I talk a lot about Erin Brockovich in the book. These are obviously real-life heroines. Valerie Plame, uh, Luann Johnson, who is played by Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds, Catherine Volkovic in The Whistleblower, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there's just so many people to receive inspiration from and not all of our mentors have to be somebody that we personally know and can talk to. We can also adopt and model energy, uh, chutzpah um, from all kinds of different people and all kinds of different
2: stories. I absolutely love that. So take action.
0: There you go. Take
2: action. Make a choice. Make it happen. Christina, I will put all the links to your information that you shared here today in the show notes. And like I said, I'm going to have you on again. You have an amazing story, amazing approach to goal setting and just changing, changing our own lives. So I absolutely appreciate you being
1: on here today. Thank you so much. Love being here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Women Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.